0: Well, hello, folks. Good to meet you today. Um, how did you happen to hear about our counseling ministry here at the church?
1: Well, a Chinese coworker.
0: Yeah, Kathy.
2: She uh, had some problems with her daughter, and they came in, and so she recommended that
0: we turn it all out. Great. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, I've taken time to look over the forms you filled out. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. Yours were filled out completely, and that's very helpful to me. Um, As we get started today, let me just kind of describe in broad terms what I hope to get accomplished in this uh, first hour that we're together. Anytime I have the privilege of meeting somebody for the first time, like I am with you folks today, there's one verse in the Old Testament that really impacts how I use this time. And that verse is Proverbs 18, verse 13. Here's what it says. He that answers a matter before he hears it, it's folly and shame to him. Now what that verse means is this, God says that if I try to give you advice without taking time to understand completely what's been going on in your life, God says I'm a fool and I would probably give you lousy advice. Well I don't want to be a fool in God's eyes and you folks don't want lousy advice. So what that means is I need to take time today to ask questions to really get to understand your circumstances as best I can. What I need from you folks in this hour particularly is that you would just really be open and honest with me and not send me on a fishing expedition for the truth. If you do, I'll go fishing, but then it just takes me that much longer to get to the answers that uh, I'm sure you want. And by God's grace, um, at the end of the hour, I hope that I can give you at least some initial direction to get us moving toward long-term solutions for these issues that you're that have brought you here today, okay? Now, I'm very much aware of the fact that I need God's help, and so let me lead us in prayer, and then we'll charge ahead, okay? Father, I thank you now for the privilege I have of being with Trey and Deb. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd help them to be comfortable with me, help them to be open and honest. Uh, Lord, help them as they seek to put into words what they've been thinking and experiencing. I would ask that you would help me to guide the session with wisdom and discernment, And most of all, Lord, help me to minister your word in such a way that they would gain hope and encouragement and direction that can only come from you. In Christ's name I pray, amen. All right, I'd like to get started uh, by having each of you give me a brief life history. And I'd like you to start back with where you were born and raised, tell me a little bit about the kind of home you were brought up in, and then kind of put your life in chronological order. And we got a lot to get done today, so I'm going to have to settle for the Reader's Digest version. Kind of hit the high point. Uh, what I'm interested in knowing are the people or the circumstances that shaped your life and led you to be the kind of person you are now, that maybe influenced kind of how you look at life uh, the way you do now. And uh, you know, start back at the beginning and kind of bring me up to where you are right now. It kind of helps me if I can hear it in chronological order. Trey, I'd like to start with you, so let's uh, have you get us going. Okay, Um, I grew up in
2: Hamilton, Ohio, and uh, that's uh, kind of near the Cincinnati area, Mm -hmm. and uh, my mom and dad, their marriage was not a great marriage. I have two brothers and one sister, all younger, I was the oldest, and so I probably had the greatest view of their marriage, and... Like I said, it wasn't a strong marriage. It was a lot of fighting, uh, a lot of just general strife in the marriage. And um, my my brother, Matt and I, he and I, we watched a lot of the fights, and sometimes we thought they were pretty funny, but I don't think we really understood everything that was going on. But anyway, so that was going on all while we were growing up. And uh, high school, I kind of got involved. Uh, in things like drama and stuff like that. Uh, journalism was an interest of mine. Um, went to college. Um, I went to college in Ohio at Ohio State and then came to... What did you major at Ohio State? Uh, business. And then I came to Purdue and got my MBA. And so that was not too long ago. I got my MBA just a few years ago. Okay. Right, right before. Actually we were... I was getting my MBA when Devin and I met. So. Okay, and what kind of work are you doing now? Uh, right now I'm a payroll administrator for a firm called um, McClure Industries. I kind of do support work for wireless communication systems.
0: Um, as you were growing up, um, in any in particular religious background or you didn't say anything about that? Yeah. Um, I grew
2: up Catholic, and um, when I was a sophomore in college, I never really, uh, never really connected with the Catholic Church, uh, but I was searching when I was in college, and a guy from Campus Crusade for Christ actually sat down with my roommate and I. And, uh, He explained the gospel to us. I really wasn't ready to do anything with it, but it was the first time in my life that I understood that I was a sinner, that Christ had died for me personally, and that I could have my sins forgiven, and that I could be um, in heaven, and I could know with certainty that I would be in heaven when I died. Um, So about a, a year later
0: is when I finally made the commitment to trust Christ. um, Do do you have confidence that if you were to die uh, today that you would go to heaven? Absolutely. If you stood before God and He were to say to you, "Tray, why should I let you into my heaven? What do you think you'd say? I would say because
2: Jesus Christ died for my sins and apart from the sacrifice that He's made for me,
0: I have no hope. All of my hope is in what Christ did for me.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And since that time, what has been your affiliation with a, a, a local church or religious organizations? Well, I'll be honest, I haven't
2: been as faithful as I know I ought to be. Um, I went to a, non-denominal, a non-denominational church when I was uh, in college and since coming to Purdue I, I just I really haven't gotten connected with the church and since we've been married
0: we've been attending Fairway Christian Church um, and so. And on a normal month, how many services would you attend at that church? I'd say uh, two to three. Okay. Uh, how many times did you read your Bible last week? Um. I didn't really read it
2: last week. Okay. What about the week before?
3: So like, this writes down what they're saying.
2: wants probably.
0: Yeah. Alright. Uh, Deb, how do we get to know you?
1: Well, uh, I am actually from Lafayette, born and raised here. And uh, I have one older sister and one younger. And uh, I actually just became an aunt again. My sister, older sister, had uh, baby boys a few days ago. So thank you, America, it's about and uh, Well, I actually went to schools here in Lafayette, went to Purdue, and then- was your the major at Purdue? Communication, media, and theater. It was all lumped into one. Okay. And uh, so I graduated then, and I started working at a place that's called Title First. Mm-hmm. Title agency here in town, and I've been processing files for them.
2: Okay, do uh, you enjoy your work?
1: yeah there are times when it's kind of tedious and you just do a lot of the same thing over and over again so it's kind of monotonous at times but i like the people that i work with and that makes a difference
0: you didn't comment at all about uh you commented on your sister you didn't say anything about your parents marriage and the kind of home you grew up in what was that like
1: well um i would say that it was my parents spent a lot of time focused on us, and their children, so I didn't really see them communicate with each other that much. It was just mostly with us, so I don't really know, I know it's probably not a great marriage, but I'm just not in on a lot of things, sometimes I hear things, like my mom will say things about my dad, or, but they don't really spend a lot of time talking to each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Are they still married? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Why don't you tell me about how the two of you met and uh, how your relationship developed and leading up to the marriage and so forth? Well, we, we
1: met at a party. Right. And uh, we have a mutual friend. So mm-hmm.
2: it's, a, it's a actually friend. actually our friend that referred us here, Kathy. She was working with Deb, and she was taking a class over at Purdue, um, she was auditing one and she was having a party and she invited both of us
0: over and so we, we met at the party. Okay, and I read this earlier but I forgot, you uh, dated how long before you were married? We
2: dated about a year, I mean that included the engagement.
0: Okay, and you were married June 5th of 99. Um, Deb, you didn't say anything about your religious background growing up either.
1: Uh, well, um, my parents go to church every Sunday, so we went and, um...
0: What kind of church?
1: It was just a Christian church. It was the Creekside side one that I just And, um, uh, this summer... <laughs> excuse me. The summer that I, I was 10, I remember this, um... I went to a camp, a summer camp. I never done that before. And uh, I got to know this one counselor fairly well. Her name is Kim. She was kind of in charge of us. And she um, worked a lot with us through that week, and just a lot of having fun. But she talked about God a lot and about Christ. And so uh, I remember really talking to her because I felt like she was somebody that I could really talk to because she was so cool, you know. And so. She, um, I remember praying with her and that's when I accepted
0: Christ. Okay. Do you have confidence that if you were to die, that you would go to heaven? Yes. Alright. If you uh, stood before God and he asked you, Deb, why should I let you into my heaven? What do you think you'd say?
1: I would say because of what Christ did
0: for me on the cross. Okay. Let me ask you a couple questions I asked... Uh, Trey, how many times did you read your Bible last week? Last week,
1: um, three times.
0: Okay, and are you in any kind of a reading program, or just, or you just kind of open up and start reading somewhere?
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. okay, how many times did you have read your Bible the week before that?
1: The week before last? Uh, I tried to do it at least three times, so read
0: it. Okay, all right. Now what I want to do is I want to start a new uh, section here on my notes and I'm going to call it the issues, or we could call it the areas of concern, or we could call it uh, talking points, or we could talk it uh, about it as our agenda, and what I want to do now is kind of get the lay of the land in your life and your relationship. Um, I know, we'll start with what you wrote here on your first... Uh, your, your pink sheet, the basic information sheet. But I've learned that while it's usually one or maybe two problems that bring people in to sit down and talk to me, that nobody has just one or two problems in life. And sometimes our problems tend to overlap each other. And what I'd like to do right now is make sure I, just, I understand the big picture of what's happening in your life. And I realize some of these are not going to be near as important as other issues. But again, I'm, I want to just understand. i like, got a good picture of what's happening in your life, what your concerns are, what your burdens are, and um, so we'll start with what's on here, but then we'll go beyond that. All right. Now, Trey, I want to start with you again. Uh, the first question is, what is the main problem as you see What brings you here? And you said uh, we have constant conflict in our marriage. Would you explain that, please?
2: Well, I'm. Fairly scared of the direction that our marriage is headed because it is a lot like my parents' marriage. We fight constantly. It is almost amazing to me to see how, when we were dating and in the first year or so of our marriage, I mean, I, I thought, boy, this is great. We're we're set. We don't have any problems. Everything's uh, we're gonna have a great marriage and it's gonna be like this for the rest of our lives. Well. After about the first year or so, it's like something happened, and I couldn't pinpoint an event. But all of a sudden, here come all these little issues popping up, and we fight on
0: practically everything. Now, when you say you use the word "fight" two or three times, describe a fight for me. When, if I could video the two of you fighting, what would I see happening from your perspective?
2: (laughs) I'd say it starts out where we're discussing an issue and usually I'm the one that raises it. Deb is really not one to communicate about these issues. In fact, sometimes I feel like I'm pulling teeth trying to get her to tell me what she's thinking or her opinion about a certain thing or why she's doing something. And once it gets started uh, I'd say I I tend to, to really want to solve the problem, to figure out why something is happening and, and to address what we can do to change that. And Deb oftentimes will walk away from the argument and I'll follow her and I end up yelling and we'll end up yelling back at one another and, Do um,
0: you throw things?
2: Um, I don't, but Deb does. Deb is true. <laughs> yeah, um, Do
0: you strike each other. No. No, we have to that true. That's true. That's
1: true.
0: <clears throat> so. And you said this like constantly. Like, is this like an everyday experience? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It is rare that it does not happen. Would you agree? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. It seems to happen at stupid. I mean, stuff that. Such we, uh, I can't think of anything right now. Like,
2: where we're going to spend the holidays. Uh, are we going to spend it with her family? Are we going to spend them with my family?
1: Stupid things like, okay, do you want a fake tree or a live tree for
0: Christmas? Yeah.
1: I mean, stupid stuff like that. That right. you look back afterwards and you know, go, what was that about? But. Okay.
0: Uh, Deb, he said that the the conflict really began manifesting itself after the first or second year of the marriage. Would you agree with that? Yeah. He said he could not remember any particular event that kind of fueled the increase in the argument. Do, do you agree with that? Or are you able to well, point back to anything in particular? I don't
1: know if it was one particular event. Uh, I know I agree that it's just kind of something that happened, but uh, I do remember just a lot of strikes. Right after um, we had visited my family over the holidays, and uh, my younger sister was there too, and she lives in Arizona, so we I mean, don't get to see her very often. And it was like just my whole family was together again, and it hadn't happened for a while. And I guess I just really started to miss that, and I missed being around them more often. Mm-hmm. So I just. Her family like, yeah.
2: is a big problem in our marriage. I just feel like, I mean, they live close by, they live closer than my family. We're constantly visiting them. I just just feel like, why don't we all move in together? I mean, it's, I don't feel like I have the ability to be the leader in my own home. You know, I feel like I'm constantly living in the shadow of Deb's mom and dad, and primarily her dad. Are you surprised by what he said? Well,
1: I mean, his family lives so far away. I mean, we might I mean, be able to see it more.
2: I mean, it's like three hours.
0: Oh. Oh. Okay. okay, let's move on. That uh, was another issue. Uh, we've talked about, he talked about the conflict in the marriage that began, and then we've touched on the matter of, of your family. Um, What's another issue?
1: Another issue? Well, I guess finances would be that something that we tend to not see eye to eye on. <laughs> Can you
0: explain that to me.
1: <laughs> me or him? You. Me? Well, um, part of it is that I would like to quit my job and start a family. Uh, and, and yet she
0: spends money, like. Okay, let her finish.
1: Well, in turn, I would like me to keep working, to bring in that extra income. Um, there are times when I go to the mall with my friends or to shop them, whatever, and I buy something and bring it home, and he gets upset.
0: Do you folks have a, a, a written budget? We have tried to do that, but that
2: never sticks to the budget. Mm-hmm. Is that true?
1: Um, I I I have to go back and really look. It's I don't.
0: Yes, that's true. Do you recall having a written budget?
1: Yes. Okay. I guess we just don't make a concerted effort to really follow it and keep track of everything. and
0: how long, ago, how long ago was it that you had the written budget? Well, we started that in the first year.
2: So I think we made attempts at it early on, but really where we started recognizing, I want to say we, I really mean it. I started recognizing problems with our cash flow. It was probably around, I don't know, the third year of our marriage. And anyway, so we started doing budgets more regularly then, but it's never been a consistent thing.
0: Okay. Are your bills current? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um... Anything else I need to know about that? And again, I'm sure if we could, I could learn a whole lot more about each of these, but I want I'm trying to get the big picture here right now. My
2: big concern with our finances is that we are, while it's not like they're getting ready to shut off our electricity or anything like that, we have significant amounts of debt.
0: Okay. Can you, when you say, can you give me a rough idea what that means? What is significant amount to you? We have $40,000 worth of debt. For what kind of things?
2: Some, cool. s- some school loans, um, car, we have credit card debt. Oh, the, about how much would the credit card debt be? That's in the neighborhood
0: of eight to nine thousand. Okay. All right, I'll come back and uh, probably ask some more questions on that later. Let's move on. Um, Deb, on your uh, sheet, the first question asked what is the main problem you see what brings you here you said we fight a lot it seems like we don't even like each other that much anymore would you explain that to me in a little more detail
1: well we used to really enjoy each other's company and just being around each other it was really fun and everything i guess we just I mean, like try to fight all the time with little things and it's just not pleasant anymore
0: How long has that been true?
1: <sighs> I don't know. Probably. You've been
0: married about four and a half years now. Yeah.
1: The last half of it or so. A
0: couple years or so. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. All right. Are you able to identify any contributing factors to that?
1: I don't know. I mean, like I said, it just seems to be all the stupid little things, too, I mean, big things, yes, but little things, so it's not like he always leaves the toilet seat up and so therefore we have a terrible marriage. I mean, I just, I, I don't know of one thing that is causing that. I mean, that's okay.
0: Okay. Uh, Either one of you, what's another issue that you're grappling with, another agenda item, or maybe another area where you would say, we need some help here? The issue of having children,
2: and this is tied to the finances. Deb wants to have children right away, and I look at our finances, and I say, that's impossible. We can't do that. That's part of the reason why she wants to quit her job. And anyway, that's that's a big issue.
0: Um, and so if there's, I'm gathering from your comments, there's an agreement that you both want to have children someday. It's just about the timing of it.
2: Yeah, I, I want to have kids, but right now, if we had kids, I mean, I'd have to get a second job. Do you that? I,
0: um, agree with that? In your home, who pays the bills? That yeah, does. How long have you been doing that?
1: I've been doing it since the younger
2: And she does a good job of that. She, she stays on top of the bills. It's not like we're paying late fees on our credit cards or, or we're paying late fees
0: on electricity yeah. and that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, which one of you would have the best grasp of the family's financial condition? I'd say I have a better grasp of the big picture. Deb is good
2: at the day-to-day stuff, but in terms of where we stand long-term and how we're going to get rid of the debt that we've got, I don't think she
0: even thinks about that. Would you agree that you would have a, a better grasp of the big picture of the family finances? No. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I mean, yeah. It's the day-to-day stuff, though, that is real. So, I mean, obviously we can't pay off all of that right away. We have to do it day by day, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, other issues?
2: Well, there there is the issue, uh, I know we've already talked about our family, but the issue of what we're going to do uh, for holidays and stuff like that, and, and just whenever We've got vacation time. Her family likes to go up to Wisconsin, the north woods of Wisconsin, and, and do like a, a week long thing there. Uh, I just I feel like we've got no
1: individual time, there's no private time that we've got. Well, that we could have private time and stuff, but you like to work late a lot.
0: Well, I think I'm forced to work late. Okay, explain it though. I mean that he works late.
1: Well, I mean in his comment that we don't have time together. That well we could, but he just spends a lot of time at the office.
0: How many hours a day is he working typically?
1: Well I guess he doesn't really come home till like seven, seven thirty.
0: And what time do you start in the morning? I started eight. Okay. So I don't
1: really see him much in the morning, and then comes home really after supper time and so... And that's,
2: that is a problem. (laughs) That is a problem, but... What's the problem, that you're working overtime? Or that you're not seeing each other? That that we're not seeing each other much, but the reason I work overtime in my company allows that is so that we can get some kind of jump start on this debt.
1: Well, and the hard thing too, though, is that he comes home and we know we could have a couple hours together, and you know, but he turns the TV on, so the TV is on, and then we don't really spend the time that we could have talking to each other. And so, uh... do
0: you watch TV much? Most evenings, yeah. Okay. And about how many hours would you spend watching TV? A couple. Do you watch it with him? Yeah, sometimes. Back in the early days of your marriage, did you do that? I, I, I'd say that that's been a pretty consistent
2: thing. Yeah. I,
1: so.
2: I mean, but I would get home
0: earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about a moment ago, you said something about we don't have time apart from her family. Um, how many times in an average week would you be with her family? We see him at least twice a week?
2: And it, it's rare that uh, I'll come home and she either her mom or her dad or both of them will be at the house or uh, she'll be talking to him on the phone.
0: How, how many times in an average week would your folks be at your house?
1: I guess they don't really come to the house so much as we go over there, or I'll go over there. Look, how many our times on a
0: normal week would they be at your house? Would
1: they come to our house? Yeah. I would say maybe twice a month. Twice a month?
2: They're there more than that. I mean... How many times do you think it would be a normal week? I would say it's probably about twice a week. some twice a week? They're there a lot.
0: Okay, and how often do you think, would you say you go to their house a week. Um, I, I have once or twice. I would go over there. Well, how often do you think she goes over there? She, she's over there,
2: probably. I agree with that. I agree with what she says.
0: Okay. And are you talking to your parents almost every? your family almost every day?
1: I don't know, about every day, maybe every
0: other. Okay. Would you talk to them at work? When you're there. Well, you know. Yeah. Okay. Alright. What other issues are there that you want to put on the list here? Well, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but um, I'm
2: very dissatisfied with our sex life.
3: Okay.
2: Describe. Your it's non-existent.
0: How long has that been true?
2: For a couple of years. I mean, if, we're lucky if it's once a month. I think we, there was one point in the last couple of years where we didn't have, we had sex once in like three months. Um,
0: and that's very frustrating. He says that the, the, air, the matter of frequency has been an issue for the last couple of years. Would you agree? Yeah. Is that because you're not interested in her, or you're not interested in him, or one's being unresponsive to the other, or...? I would say that she's never interested in sex.
1: I mean... Well, I mean, it's hard when we're just fighting all the time. And it's hard to be emotionally intimate with somebody, and that's what matters for sex, for me. I mean, it's not, I just don't flip a switch and it's on.
2: And I know that women work differently than men, but I I have a hard time with understanding that your
0: switch is never on. Mm -hmm. Uh, let me respond if I could to what you've told me today. And, uh, as we've gone along today, I found myself uh, thinking two or three things about you folks. Uh, number one, uh, I'm sure glad you come in. Uh, you seem like a uh, nice uh, young couple, and uh, I'd much rather talk to people in the early years of their marriage. I'd rather talk to you now, four and a half years in your marriage, than ten years from now, four, if you last that long, fourteen and a half years in your marriage. So. I find myself uh, wanting to help you at this point. Okay. Uh, so number two, I'm uh, saddened by what you've told me today because this is uh, not the way God intended marriage to be. Okay? A third thing I found myself thinking was, uh, the Bible has answers for these. The way I took notes, I've got uh, eight different issues you've talked to me about today. And I found myself thinking, you know, the Bible's got answers for every one of those, and I know where they are. And I would like to help you folks get those answers. And um, if you were to give me the privilege of working with you, and I hope you will, uh, I would try to show you how to get those answers from the Scriptures. In fact, let me just take a moment, and I want to use the whiteboard. Let me just describe for you in kind of broad brush strokes how i would uh, try to minister to you and help you with these issues if you come back because uh, you already know you have to make some adjustments with your work schedule to come here and if you're going to come back you certainly have a right to know what you're getting into so let me take a few minutes to explain first of all why i think i can help you and then how i would go about doing that okay and that maybe use the whiteboard maybe that would make it a little easier for me Um, first of all, uh, I want to emphasize that I am actively uh, convinced that there's a, a God in heaven and He's alive and well today, all right? And one of my great joys of being a biblical counselor is being a representative of that God and to use His Word to minister to hurting people like you, all right? The God of the Bible, the God of the universe, has created, has communicated himself to us in three ways. One is through creation. We can look out at the world and learn something about what God is like from his creation, his power, and his glory, his might. Uh, His second way of communicating to us was through his son, Jesus Christ. And um, he was God in the flesh, and he modeled for us how to handle life and the problems of life as God wants us to. God's final and complete revelation to us is through his word, the Bible. And my Bible is on my desk, not as a paperweight, but that is the primary tool that I will use in helping you folks if you will give me the privilege of working with you. Now, if you were to sit and read the Bible and just think about what it teaches us in broad brush strokes about approach to life, Uh, There's two themes that run all through the scriptures that I think speak directly to you folks and have a lot to say, particularly in this uh, first get-together. One of the themes is this. The Bible teaches that God wants us to do what is right. Doing what's right means that we think the way God wants us to think and we act the way God wants us to act. As you know, God was the design engineer on human beings. God has designed us in such a way that when we do what he wants us to do, when we do what when we do what he wants us to do with the motive he wants us to have, certain things happen. For example, when we do what's right for the right reasons, when we do what is right for the right reasons, we tend to feel good, we tend to feel happy, we tend to have peace of heart, we tend to feel like our life is being blessed, and our load in life tends to get lighter. Now let me see if I can prove that from the Bible. In John chapter 13, Jesus Christ is in the upper room with the disciples. It's just hours before he's betrayed and then crucified. He looks back over three, three and a half years of life and ministry with the disciples. And in John 13, 17, he says this, Happy are you if you do these things I've taught you. Now it's interesting, he didn't say happy are you if you know these things. He said, happy are you if you do these things, I've taught you. Or in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 25, James is talking about our approach to the Scriptures, and he says, if we will be the kind of person who follows through on the Bible, we're not a forgetful hearer, but we're the kind of person who will do what the Bible says, he said, we'll be blessed in the doing of the Word. Um... In Romans chapter two, verse ten, the Bible says there will be glory and honor and peace for every soul of man who does good to the Jew first, and also to the Gentiles. And then one of my favorite verses that I think has great hope for you folks today is in Matthew 11, and Jesus Christ is speaking. Here's what He says: Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think of those verses, how that kind of describes you. Those of you who are burdened or heavy laden, that's kind of what i sense sensed you folks have talked today. Jesus says, Come unto me. He says, um, uh, Come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. And as we've been talking today, I found myself thinking, That's what both of you would like. Wouldn't that be something? rest in your soul and have rest at peace with each other wouldn't that be wonderful and Jesus Christ says come unto me that's what I give
3: we had to stop there there was more of that whiteboard operation than Randy had up there he had do right and we didn't get to the part where he said do wrong there's quite a bit to say about that just a little bit of biblical instruction there and in a few minutes we have left, uh, Randy came up with eight issues that he thought that they had trouble with. What are some of those issues that you guys saw? Some of them were very, very obvious and some of them not so obvious. Financial. And financial. Financial issues, sure. That was big. And time issues. And what? Time issues. Yes. Each other. Yeah. Um, he had some in-law issues. don't you think? That seemed to be big with them. These are issues that typically pop up in early marriages. And you don't have to make these things up. Think of your own marriages if you've been married. You know, in the first year is a honeymoon. Second year, you got to make some adjustments. And uh, hopefully by the time you get through about the seventh year, you have all those things ironed out. So, this was mostly about data gathering. Did you catch the point where he gave them hope? There were two places in there where he gave them hope. Anybody catch those? I
0: think when he turned to the Bible and began to point out that outline, I think that's encouraging.
3: Okay, good. The hope is in God's Word. Did you catch the part where he said, uh, I think the strongest thing he said, he says, you know, all of your problems are covered within this 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 book. Amen. Yeah. He says, Scripture covers those problems, and I know where they're at. So you remember, the very first thing on gaining involvement is, the people have to trust you, they have to know that you care for them, but they have to know that you can help them, those three things. So, we are just about out of time. This video is available in our church library in it's entirety. it's an hour and 14 minutes long. I cut out the first part, it's an introduction by Randy, and I cut out the part at the end, which was a, conclu- a conclusion, which was very good, but we just didn't have enough time here this morning to do that. Let me close with some prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have such skillful people like Randy Patton to show us how to, how to um, extract information out of people. That's really, it's, uh, it's not a very... Uh, it's not a very compassionate term. How he uh, compassionately uh, uh, asked them uh, probing questions, and uh, he calls it fishing, to find out what the troubled areas in their, their life are all about. And I'm sure as he was writing down all of those issues, he had something in the back of his mind or, or or maybe a Bible verse that addresses those specific issues in their life and I thank you for um, the people like him who are willing to get into the training like we need in this uh, in this church and other churches around Winchester. Thank you for this time we've had together we ask that you be with us the remainder of this morning as we learn more about what pleases you uh, how to skillfully uh, move people into Scripture and teach them truth about what God expects of them. And hopefully the, we, we pray for each one of our counselees or the people that we disciple or the people that we mentor that the things that we guide them through will cause them to grow in Christ-likeness, which is the goal of all counseling. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.